Hi everyone and welcome back to the Ask Mike Show. Today I am joined by the Pondhawks, which is a pop rock indie band based in Chicago. Lots of things to talk about. I can't wait. So say hi to the listeners and tell us a bit about how you got started. How you doing, listeners? Oh, hello everybody. (laughs) 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 Yes, we are here in Chicago and... uh, it is starting to get a little bit cooler because uh, as we're approaching uh, winter, yes, and uh, and so, but that doesn't stop us from writing music. We're working on new music right now. That, that one of the things, one of the, uh, of course, nothing really good comes out of being quarantined. But we did write a slew of new songs, you know, over the phone, and it was really enjoy. And uh, happened to be. Uh, and we did a lot of solo stuff. Unfortunately, we couldn't be with the whole band at the time, but they're really, they're cool with it. I'm going to take over drums or, you know, all the different, but they were cool with it. And they know that things are kind of, kind of getting where they can come in with a mask and then lay their parts down one at a time now for the, for, for the rest of the new songs. Yeah, yeah. And they're not, this particular one, uh, Invisible Stranger, that we've been hawking, <laughs> you know, but uh, uh, is, you know, relevant to the situation that happened. Uh, and we wrote it as everything was coming down. Uh, before, over here in the States, uh, imagine Canary Islands as well. There was a certain time where the governing uh, uh, parties said, okay, from this time on, that's it. Everybody's gotta be shut down five o'clock Saturday. That's it. And, and they're you know, shutting down barbershops or this or that. And I go, well, you know, then they're shutting down schools. And then they're shutting down Vegas and they mess with those guys <laughs> and Disney World and Hollywood. And those guys are some heavy hitters, you and know. No concerts. You can't, you know, I, I, though people are doing it in parking lots now. So, uh, but that's kind of an odd thing, too, you know, to do. But it's course, better than nothing. They announced no Pond Hall concerts this year. A couple of people were like, all right. <laughs> but that's besides the point. Thank God. <laughs> I imagine you were kind of surprised that that actually they were quite happy that you didn't have any concerts planned. You're like, oh, we kind of wanted you to say that you'd missed us, you know? Like, come on. Yeah, you know what, though? The funny thing is this, uh, Mike. Um, because of that, you know, a lot of times we'll be in the in the heat of writing some new or produce, producing new things. The production, it takes a lot of time because it's, it's, you know, we produce right here. You know, it's not some billion-dollar studio or something like that. So it's a lot of work. Uh, so this time, we didn't have to shut down production. He was like, okay, it's touring time. Let's go. Everybody shut down. And then, you know, when you're done, you know, now fall kicks around and the outside stuff's over. And, you know, you go in, you take the blanket off the off the machines, blow the dust off and say, now, where were we six months ago? <laughs> you got to start yeah. all over again. How do you turn this thing out again? No. <laughs> You forget, you even forget the chords to the songs and stuff. Because we have a, we have, we have a pretty good set list, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, so we we play a lot of stuff besides our own. Yeah. I heard a rumor that it was the Beatles that was your your inspiration for the the genre. I guess that you decided to plant your flag into. Did they have anything else to do with you getting started as well, like forming the band itself? Like how, how far do the do the Beatles play in like your origin story? Well quite indirectly, we met at a Beatlefest. She was <laughs> selling she was selling her pictures. 
she was taking pictures for Paul and Linda. Actually, she's got a, a photo on the album. I, but yeah. and I thought she was just like some saleswoman. Like, uh, but you know, I saw this. <laughs> I'm like, okay, you know, I saw this one. I was at the Soldier Field, uh, and it was like a beautiful night, and it was a yeah, full moon, the rains, yeah. and it was uh-huh. in Chicago downtown. Yeah. It was the last, the last show of the tour. And uh, it was great. And I saw the picture and I go, oh, and it's Robbie McIntosh, Amos Stewart, Paul, and they're doing the end. And they're all, I go, oh, brings back such great memories. I'd like to buy how much is, it's $70. She goes, you you seem like a nice guy. Give me 35. And I go, all right. And then so, (laughs) so, 35 bucks, you can't pay. I would have bought it for 70, just so you know. But anyway, so. (laughs) She gets a pencil. She starts writing. She's signing the thing. I thought she's writing the price. And I go, wait, don't write on that. <laughs> I just bought that yeah, thing. Because I took the picture. Yeah, well, I did a book on Paul McCartney called Paul McCartney. I saw him standing there. And uh, I did actually have a photo on Paul McCartney's Tripping the Live Fantastic album. So, uh, and I've done a lot. You know, besides the music thing, I'm also like a rock photographer. So I've taken photos of, of everybody, the Stones, uh, you know, Paul McCartney, Ringo, and <laughs> and the Who, everybody. And I had a buddy of mine who Paul hired to follow him around for 48 hours, just uh, as a lark. I was just like, happened to be in Chicago and uh, wanted him to follow him around for 48 hours. Uh, uh, it was back footage for uh, the space within us, and uh, that was a Paul DVD. Uh, it was a Paul DVD. Yeah. And he goes, Mara, you will never guess what happened." And I go, "So anyway, so I meet Jory, and she goes, well, I take pictures.'" And I go, well, "You know what? I invited them both to uh, the rehearsal hall we were at now with my other band, my earlier band, and I'm going to be to fly on the wall and listen to." The two of them, you know, wow, cool. See, you know, how the stories mesh up and this and that. She brought a slideshow along. Randy, you know, we had some rare film footage that was supposed to be destroyed. But, <laughs> and I'm sure it was now. Believe me. <laughs> yeah, Anyways. But, uh, <laughs> but anyway, so the band, my band comes in and like we had a band uh, gig, a big gig in like five, five days. And, and they go, hey, we're going to rehearse or what? You know? And I go, Jory, Randy, Reeson, who is the guy. Also, also did work for Bon Jovi. Uh, and he shot our video for me. As he drops house. another name. Uh, yeah. But anyway, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, I go, would you guys, would you two mind if we just went over a few numbers? And they were cordial about it. And so we're going over. I see Jory sitting on one of the full back speakers. And, you know, musicians, we always got crap laying around all over. Tambourines, barracas, you know, just... And she picks up the tambourine, and I see her. She's like, she's keeping good time. I go, oh, she's got good time for a photographer, you know. <laughs> and I see her, uh, she's singing along. How does photography even come into it? And just sat there with, a, with like a tambourine, just doing a thing in the middle of the room. <laughs> it's timing. See, timing. it's timing. timing. Even photography is timing. timing. You yeah. got, especially in the day when you were using the analog film, it wasn't not, now it's not like, Okay, I got 10,000. Let's use number 378. That was the best one. Now it was this like time it, boom, I missed it. Well, we got to go to the next concert. And when that time comes up, because things are choreography, the choreography is pretty much, you know, the blocking, you know, throw your head back at a certain time. There's, if you're doing shows every night, 
you get used to it. Yeah. But um, so anyways, so I go, well, I see you're mouthing along with some of that. Because I could say back in those days, we did like a lot more covers than we did originals. And I go, oh. I go, you're a good sport letting us play. I go, come on up and share my mic. So she comes up and shares my mic. All of a sudden, bam, spot on, spot on harmonies. The timber of her voice, and I'm not saying it's good, bad, and different either way, sounded like me. We sound like we could be a brother or sister thing, like ever, everly brother and sister. You know, something like, I go, there was a ring to it. And the other guy in, in the band with a beautiful voice, I mean, operatic though. I and mean, we just, so there was this mesh. And I says, hey, uh, so afterwards I got, we got a gig, we got this Oktoberfest. We're doing it was October 13th, and I go, Oh, it was back in 206. Was it a Friday? Yeah, 2006. Six, yeah, 2006. Yeah, an outdoor thing, a big festival. Yeah, it was in a tent, actually, yeah. a real yeah. windy day. Um, Friday the 13th. Well, so that's a lucky day. Yes. Lucky yes. day for the like, pond. Yes, so, um, so she does this gig, and recently we just saw the, the video of it, and she was like, like we've been working together for years. But right there and then, I knew I said, want to join the band? Yeah. And that was it. The rest is history. And then uh, she had a friend that had a radio station up in Minneapolis. Says, yeah, he'd like a, a, a little jingle for his. I go, oh, let's ride something. Let's, let's see what happens. You know, throw it against the wall, see if it sticks. And it did. And uh, yeah, he's been using it ever since. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> but uh, that was the beginning of our writing. And we've written, you know. Close to forty songs that we've actually released. So you you pull this from nothing to a concert in five days. Now it, sounds, it was remarkable. It, it sounds like you had quite uh, a good starting point. You all seem to harmonize. You all seem to get on really well. I mean. We all know Jory just picked up a set of maracas and she seemed to have this timing thing going on. But how did you like get ready for it within like five days? Because in, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, surely there's a lot of work that goes into putting a band together. You don't just throw stuff together and hope that it all fits. So like, how how did you go from that, the fact that you all seem to sound okay and you've all got some elements of timing involved to being on stage performing a concert in five days? <laughs> well, it was just cosmic. It just happened. Sometimes those, those things just happen. Um, besides, I, I had been doing this myself for a couple of decades, you know. Oh, my gosh, heck, I was like 17 when I was out playing. I used to do folk stuff. You know? So I, I had everything down pat, and the band was pretty good already. But when she went, it went from this to wham. Yeah. Technicolor. Well, well I did. I asked him, you know, to give me the set list. And I knew most of the songs anyway. The only songs I didn't know were some of the original ones that they were doing. And I said, well, I'll just learn them. And and that was it. I mean, it wasn't a, a, a big deal because, uh, I mean, I had been in bands in my younger days. So, and this, and then I went into the photography thing. So, uh, I kind of missed that, and I thought, well, it'd be cool to be back in a band again. And then Mario came along, so it was... And ruined everything and ruined right my there. life. Oh, yes. <laughs> ruined everything. <laughs> awesome. So is, is, that, is that the kind of the process that you go through when creating music now, or do you have a set process? 
the processes, there's a hodgepodge of different processes. Like this last song, like it, it happened, we were, everybody in the world was in shock that day. And we were on the phone. Did you hear what the, oh, the governor said? Oh, no. And they said, oh, 202, you know, you know, million people are going to, you know, uh, demise from this. And I'm thinking, what if they underestimated it? And I'm like, but anyways, what I, I'm like, this is like a twilight, living in a twilight zone. You remember the old series, you know? Oh. Yeah. But anyway, so he's like, just, and she goes, she said, and we can't even see it. It's like this invisible stranger. And I go, that's it. That's the title. She always comes up with these things on accident. <laughs> I call them Joryisms. And she, uh, invisible stranger. We'll work off invisible stranger. And then we put a lot of, when you first start writing, we start writing. You just purge what's in your heart and mind onto paper. It doesn't have to rhyme. doesn't even have to have cadence. It doesn't have a dun-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. None of that. Just you purge all your thoughts out on paper. It's like poetry. That, yeah, right? But, right. but yeah. you put it in chronological order. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, then you can massage it into the cadence. And if you need to rhyme or near rhyme, if you need, you don't want to overdo. That's what we usually do. Yeah. But we, you know, and the thing is, uh, we go through a lot of redrafts. <laughs> As everybody does. Yeah, because you start to come up with a melody, and then you have to sort of like massage the lyrics so they fit and everything, or change them. And But it, it's um, it's a process, and we've been doing that since 2006. Going on in the 15th year. Yeah, 15 um, years. Yeah. And if that doesn't work, her agent calls my agent, and they write the song for us, and no, no, that's when no, we start. Kidding. That's when we uh, call on our third. Look, that's when we call on our third songwriting partner, uh, Johnny Walker. Johnny Walker, and he helps no. us. Yeah. Just kidding. Just kidding. The yeah. brand is. Yeah. Johnny Walker. Yeah. He's the so, ghostwriter. Well, although he uh, ghostwriters in music, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Our ghostwriter. <laughs> One of the things that I have been quite curious about is how the instruments seem to fit together. So how many instruments do you use for, for your band? And is it like you start with the sort of the baseline and you add things to it? Or is it a bit more to it in terms of how you find a place for the instruments? Everything either starts, I'll either play rhythm guitar or piano. But with the chords, and we'll work out, you know, the vocals together. And I'll do, I'll do some type of, of of a template, you know, some kind of a metronome along with it. And I'll like either being doing this or playing the, the keyboards, you know, along with that's first. And we do what we call dummy dummy vocals, which don't even have to the the complete vocals are never they're always the last thing. You said ah. Oh, I wish I would have used this word instead of that word, but you lay, leave it to the end and then it's good. So we do the dummy vocals along with the chorus. And then usually the next thing is like a kick bass. I'll do the kick bass separately. So, and sometimes I'll just use it as a template for when the drummer comes in, he'll say, oh, okay, this is what I want. And and then then bass, I'll throw some bass on. And, uh, and then you know, things mesh on and George's like, you know, then we, you know, say, so, I want to put this or try this, try that, try this. And it's got to go through past, past both of us. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think it's kind of like a, a sieve. It's got to go past to, to be finished. 
Otherwise, kind of tend to really like your own stuff. It's the ugly baby syndrome. Okay, it's like this. Nobody, and nobody ever thinks their baby's ugly, right? And, and our, our songs are like our babies. Like, isn't it a beautiful baby? Oh, it's like, oh man, that's an ugly baby. Oh, that could be like that with songs. So like, well, what do you think, Jura? I don't think we could do better. What do you think, Mar? I don't think we could do better. And we trust each other. Right? We've been, we, we know we would never do anything to hurt each other's feelings. We would never. Everything's for the best. For the best. And, and, and the songs are like, it's going to be our footprint in the sand. So we want to make sure that's a good footprint. Not an ugly foot, footprint. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not to say a couple of ugly ones didn't sneak through the rungs on a couple of albums there. But. Yeah, but sometimes things you know, happen. Remember, remember when we had to change the key? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. We, we were like, yeah, we had songs that we like finished, and you know, and it, it was kind of because I'm singing the higher part, and uh, and Mario is singing the lead, and, and it was a, kind of a strain because yeah. in that uh, pitch and everything. Uh, uh, so we got it done. We were listening to it, and then we both came up with the same thing. I think what we should we were driving down the expressway yeah, at the time. Yeah, yeah. We're listening to the demo. And we're going downtown, and all of a sudden, we both kind of like, I don't like this key. Yeah, yeah. it was an A minor. Let's, let's do it the G minor. Yeah. I was gonna say anything. I didn't want to hurt your okay. saying. I went, okay, let's do like, it. Done. Back. We redid it. Yeah, totally did it there for a different game. It was, Yeah, it was much better. And, and it was different because see, when you play, you play an instrument, Mike. I don't play an instrument. No. Okay. Well, I say uh, guitar. So sometimes, uh, especially the rhythm. Uh, you'll use a capo and you'll use different structure of the chord. And since we, we capoed it up five and played it in a totally different key and it came out to G minor and it was really good. And, good. It, and it, yeah. and it worked out. It's like, it oh, really thank good. you. Yeah. It wasn't so <laughs> tough going over it the second time because it's like getting a sing. couple cr a second crack at it. You know? It was easier to see. Definitely had a lot of, a lot of experiments when it comes to your music and trying to find out what works. And it seems like because of the trust that you have, you can really push the boundaries in terms of, you know, you mentioned like you might like it, but I don't. Has there been any moments when there's been a big change and you've had to really not argue, but have like discussions about it because maybe you really want it to be this way, but you want it to be very different from what it actually is at the, at that moment. So you, something happens and you go, it should probably be the over here, but then you're, and then Johnny's like, no, 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 no. This, <laughs> this is the way that I want it to be. Yeah, that happens. And in a case like that, we'll record it both ways. We'll, two, we'll record two different versions. We got our own studio. So. Yeah, doesn't right. cost anything. No. Cool. I remember one time, somebody in a band, we were doing, I think it was Midnight Howl, and oh, got to have saxophone in there. Oh, I'm like, remember that? Oh, yeah. Saxophone? <laughs> and, then, and then the tuba The tuba solo. The tuba solo. Oh, no, don't forget the tuba. No, just, no tuba. <laughs> I was like, oh, so we were like, okay, play it. And he was like, eh, for days, I'm like, I can't stand it. So, no, so, yeah, so, this is not working. But well, we, yeah, we tried. Yeah, we tried. We took it out. Saxophone. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> I'm going to be late for math class always. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so what, what was the outcome of that then? Who who won? Who won that argument in the end? Oh, that one? Oh, we did. <laughs> because we were producing it. Yeah, right. We did it. We, yeah. But, but I mean, sometimes when they're, and, and, you know, 
you know, there, there's several songs like between with with both of us. Sometimes we'll do an acoustic version of it too. It's like we'll keep this. Maybe we'll let it out as an acoustic version of it later on. We're working on a. There was a song we we did a while back was Weather Girl for an example. And the way we play Weather Girl when we do a live concert is totally different. This has got to be, you know, it's it's got a little bit more drive to it. Little guitar. So we were going to do. We've been working on a different version of that. We'll probably release that on the the next compilation. Yeah, well, Weather Girl, the, the complications of that was that uh, in that song, it it, uh, it goes backwards. The, everything reverses, right. and it's really hard to do that. I mean, we're 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 not very technical as far as like uh, like these bands where they have keyboards that have sequences in there and they just for live we're not technical yeah in the studio okay uh live we don't do sequencing live we don't just don't believe in it right now we want to do i you know a lot of bands do that and half of the tracks are in the keyboard and off to it you see whenever you go to a concert you see a little uh one or two uh uh mac pros or whatever and they're running half of the stuff sometimes and it's a shame even the vocals if I want to do that, I'll stay home and listen to it. Yeah, you know, just play the record. It's like karaoke. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I'd rather hear a blown note <laughs> or a blown solo yeah. or the wrong chord <laughs> like it's if it's live. live. It's, live. it's like instead of going to the amusement park, I'll watch a picture of, of somebody going to the amusement park. Oh, that was perfect. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's the thing. A lot of these bands do that. And people go to the concerts. They say, Wow. They sounded just like their recordings, and I'm thinking because it because it, it is, is their, their recordings. recordings. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's real. Unfortunately, until they have a, a faux pas and uh, the yeah. sequencing doesn't match up, and then they're whoops! Yeah. Oh, we've been caught. Uh, we've yeah. been uh, to concerts and seen yeah, that we've before. Seen, too. Yeah, with famous people, yeah, yes. when things went bad, you know. But you know, that's it. So then is. I don't mind if you don't sound that great, as long as it's actually you singing live. Yeah, that's what we dig. Well, we yeah, we we harmonize. If we stuff. really like, yeah, yeah. Harm- our harmonies and stuff like that. Um, but even if we blow the harmonies on something, that's part of it. I've, I've seen the that's concerts usually, where that's usually when the, there's sound that's problems. Fun, that's fun stuff. Part of life, you when, know. When you're not famous, you don't have like that that crew that does your sound system so well that you can actually hear each other when you're singing it, it like where we go. Um, unfortunately we don't get that, uh, type of sound for us. And, and we wind up, uh, I could be standing next to Mario and I can't hear him, you know, because of the, the sound, the speakers. And right. stuff. But if we're in a huge, uh, uh, show, uh, we'll, we'll use earbuds. So that helps out a lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. So that that allows you to to hear each other while you're singing, so that <clears throat> you can use each other to make sure your timing's right or your keys right or all those other technical things. I, I tend to only like to use one earbud myself, so just in case something goes south, man, I want to be able to hear the monitors. As good or bad as they may be. Yeah. And make sure there's a beverage nearby, just in case. Yeah, right. Have that drink handy. You've got to, you just need it. Health and safety. You need to have that drink handy. <laughs> yeah. Get bit by a snake on stage, you got to have whiskey nearby, yeah, just right. in case. Just, yeah. For the snake, <laughs> or, or for you to numb the pain? 
They're at both. Both. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to numb it too much on stage. Yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then you can start to go downhill very quickly. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because we, we've been playing like for, I think it was the last six years of, a show where there's eight thousand people. It's an outdoor show, uh, and uh, it's nice. And there's as a they always do a fireworks show afterwards. Yeah, and and the thing is, uh, one year it was so hot. It was like a hundred. How hot was it? It was, it was so. It hot. was so hot. How hot it was, was so hot. hot. It was like a hundred and three degrees. Okay, and you know we we get there three thirty set up, and there's people showing up, and and this is outside. There's no shade. They're just outside in this field and you know we have the stadium. yeah they have two soccer fields and then behind us is the football field the american football field yeah you know that's where they would shoot the pyrotechnics up and uh and a couple of baseball fields there's this huge school you right, know system yeah. and, and, they, and all these people are showing up it I'm was thinking, sweltering and, and she was loopy oh, she was yeah. shining, I was, passing I was, out i was during the during the like, sound check it was like one really of our, bad yeah. one of our fans one of our fans ran home I don't live too far from here. I brought her a bar stool from their basement bar. Yeah, because that was yeah. really cool. It, yeah, it was we hot. had fans on the stage, but uh, it was kind of like when we did Lincoln Show. Remember? Oh, that was, was hot. Oh, like, it was so. It was so. It was so <laughs> hot. Was really bad. It was so hot. It was, I saw a dog chasing a cat, and they were both walking. <laughs> it was so hot. Yeah. Well, and I remember we, we were in this. It, it, I had to get that one in. I've been <laughs> sorry. Yeah, we had that the Lincolnshire one where we were like on the stage, okay, and another day that's really bad, like over 100 degrees. And of course, the stage is set up so the sun is right on us, you know. And it and it's like I'll tell them about the cooking and, show. And a, oh yeah, they they had somebody on before, you know, because they were doing all kinds of different things, and they had somebody that was doing a cooking thing, a with demonstration a with a stove. Okay, so when we get on the stage, it's really hot, and and, it, and it you almost aluminum stage, oh, aluminum stage. Oh my god! And he's done, and he's got these giant fish salmon fillets. He goes, "Hey, you guys want some salmon before you go on?" I look, and I'm like you got to blow the flies off of that oh, thing first. I was bad. <laughs> It was, it was so hot. It was outdoors and yeah. every fly in the world was on. I go, yeah. no, thanks. But the, yeah, we were, so we're veggie today. So the, 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 the stage was kind of like, you know, it was tented. So it was really hot. And, uh, and, you know, there still were people there, but, it, it, and it was like, okay. And then you, you got, you, you were up singing for about 20 minutes and then you said, oh, I gotta, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, it was bad. Yeah. And then after that, when we were finally done with that uh, concert, yeah, I think I, I was up there for two yeah, hours yeah, straight. Yeah, Our drummer was ready to yeah, pass. He almost went to, yeah, he almost went to the emergency well, yeah. room. Yeah. You got, so, it was, uh, was strong, that was yeah. bad. It was, yeah. But, you know, anything That's that doesn't happens. kill you yeah. makes you strong. One of the things that I guess I'm very interested in is that what goes around the performance from your perspective. Now, from, like, the sporting industry or sporting world you've got athletes that do like the uh, sort of pre-performance routines right like people have got like they have to do a certain walk from where they get changed to where they're performing they've got like uh, a self-talk they tell themselves some people do a whole focus on what the task is and visualizing the task before they do it and all that sort of mental things they go through so they can do 
what it is that they do. And for them, it makes all the difference when it comes to the extra 1% or less than 1%. That's the difference between beating the other guy or girl, right? Is that is that the same for the music industry as well? Do you have like a routine that you go through? Do you have to picture yourself on the stage? How do you mentally prepare for, for that sort of thing? That's a great question. And uh, there are certain warm-up songs we do that kind of get us charged up a bit. And one of the things we do is we get together with the band, you know, uh, backstage or if it's an outdoor arena, down behind the stands, behind the stage, and we tell jokes. And we laugh. We laugh our heads mm-hmm. off. And mm-hmm. the laughter is good. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a good thing. It's good karma. We just laugh and laugh and laugh and and then that's good for you. So it gets you up and rolling. Then we cool down. Just and then you get that moment of zen. It says, "Let's go do it." And then we do it. And it's as easy as that. So you sort of you tell jokes, you have a laugh, you get along, and then you go on stage and, and do your thing. Right. That's the mesh. It is where the camaraderie comes in. Like you know, because in a band, it's like that with a with a with a, a sports team. You're always going to get, I don't know, the midfielder is not getting along with the goalie today or something like that. You know, like, but if they said, I'll oh, tell a few jokes, like, ah, forget about it. I know I was upset about that thing the other night. Don't worry about it. Everybody has a laugh, all on the same page. Let's go do it. You're all off into, off into the sunset together. That's it. So do you do anything to sort of prepare your voices as well? I know you mentioned warm-up songs, but... You know, people have like concoctions, maybe, or like a certain ritual they go through with their voice to check their ranges that day, or whatever the case is. Do you do you guys do any of that? Well, yeah, that's that's why certain certain songs we do in the in the sound check, just to making sure I'm hitting that, and it's got to be a song with certain high notes that you got the confidence of doing, anyways. So, well, and then. When the show comes, I said, oh, I nailed it in the sound check. And then you don't have that setback. Because, yep. you know, like any hesitation, whether no matter what you're doing, in whether it's music or whatever, uh, sports, whatever, if you're like, oh, I blew the guy, I missed the net last time, or I did this, like, I better not try the scissor kick this up. Well, <laughs> now, but if you make it and you keep remembering, oh, I made that great scissor kick last time and it was great, then you're going to do it. You just... He said, I nailed it in soundcheck or I nailed it last game or whatever. And you remember that in your head and that's it. And then you let that take over. And, and the other thing is like when you get the response from the audience, that gives you more energy and more fuel, you know, because, uh, you know, that, that last lighting show where they were up, they were all dancing really and, and they, and they were you know, yelling our songs out, you know, or, and and it, it was really good. It was like, wow, look at them. They're all like up there dancing. And, and then we had them uh, put their uh, phone lights on when it got dark. Uh, that was and, fun. And you could see all the way back with all the lights. I had 8,000 people. Yeah. I'm mean, like, everybody get their phone in. And then you could, we, yeah, yeah, it was, it was cool. great. And our drummer, Sammy Speeda, Sammy. Our drummer, yeah. Uh, and then we got our had, percussion guy, uh, percussion cage, uh, Danny Cavazos. And, yeah. But Sammy Speeder takes this picture and great from the drummer's perspective. You see me and Jory yeah. and Tony Melnick, our, our bass player for live shows. Uh, and you just see all these 
Because back in the old days, it was with the Zippos. Yeah. Yeah. I must must feel amazing to have that, though. The amount of times that I've seen it when I've been watching it on, like, TV or something, and it's, like, just to picture myself as the performer and seeing all those phones must be amazing. Yeah. It it was, because... Seeing the phone bill was even worse. Yeah, that was... It, it was it was cool because you know when you're on the stage you've got like all the spotlights and everything on you so you really can't see out in the darkness you can't see, because about, it's not lit up past you know, about but, 50 100 yeah, feet out yeah because, otherwise because it's, it's dark you know so when they put those phones up then we could see how far back the audience went because you know we couldn't see it from up there that, that's a good point there are people that say the same thing as well, like people that have been on stage, they go, oh, past the first three rows, they don't really see that much more than that. I go, That's pretty interesting then, because when when you picture like people that maybe have a fear of public speaking, that they fear doing the whole performer thing, and they go, oh, well, I, oh, thousands of people are watching, and I can't like get over the fear of it, and then you say, oh, well, past the first three rows you can't really see a thing anywhere they all just sort of go into the dark somewhere that must take some of the pressure off when you think about you know when you did like the first time you did it and it was very nerve-wracking or, or however that felt must have took a bit of pressure off when you realize that you can't really see at least half of the audience <laughs> yeah, that's a good question good point good point uh, with me it's just the opposite it was like Oh no! Only three rows showed up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we get revved up. The more, the more people that are there, the more revved up we get. We, yeah. that's you know. I we, think we most people that. get more that. revved up the more people. Yeah. You wouldn't yeah. be in the biz anyway. Yeah, because we want to see their faces. You know, you know we like to sometimes you get the folk singers yeah. or something. They'll be uh, smaller crowds, and that might the big crowds might freak them out a little bit. Like I say, just to be a folk singer back in the day. So. Yeah, we, the more, the better. You know, come to our show. We're, we're happy. Yeah, yeah, of course. Well, what advice would you give to people that wanted to get into starting a band or trying to create music? Have you got like a, a top three tips for people that want to follow in your footsteps? Well, first and foremost, when you're writing a song and you're getting... Number one, never, ever mix beer and wine. That's number one. <laughs> you want to take number two? No. <laughs> number two. What's number two? Will? Number two. No, all, all kidding aside, right, right from your heart. Right from your heart because 99.99999%, you're not going to be famous. It doesn't matter. Do it because it's in your heart. Do it if you're reaching one soul out there. That's, I mean, that's, I don't even think there's any secondary rules of writing because everybody writes with a different criteria. Everybody sometimes, sometimes I'll wake up and say, oh, I dreamed this great song. Or, uh, and it turned out to be not so great. Or sometimes you forget them. I get up in the middle of the night, now with the cell phones. Hey. Another thing with cell phones is when we're writing, we're talking about, you know, we're not doing this, you know, this stage of the game. We're not, you know, we're not out to set the world on fire if we touch one soul. Uh, and today there are places on earth that, I mean, don't literally don't even have running water, but everybody's got a cell phone, correct? Mm. You know, 
And if you've got a cell phone, you've got the internet. And if you've got the internet, you've got access to our music. People will write us from places we've sometimes never heard of, uh, and, and, and they'll use the the, the translator, the, you know, uh, the translator on, on the message, either it's Google Translator or whatever, and they'll say, oh, your song made me happy. Ah, your song made me think about somebody that wasn't there any longer, or thank you for writing a song, and then you're communicating, you've touched a soul, and you'll never speak the same language, you'll never meet, but you touch that soul, so you have met in a way, and that's what the most important thing that we're up to now, because that's what it's all about. Jory, have you got anything to, to add to that? Well, I, I think um, when we were starting to write songs together, you know, and we were, we really didn't know what we were doing because we, we had bought, you know, some recorders. Well, we were recording the songs, done. yeah. Yeah, right. so we were just, it, it, you know, we'd ask people, how, you know, how do you do this? And they're like, eh, I don't know. So, so we had to like really struggle with the first album. And, uh, and when we finally got it done, um, the idea people said, you want to make money on it or whatever. And we said, no, we said, uh, you know, we're not into it for the money part. We're into it because we want people to listen to our music and to, uh, some way, um, our songs, uh, would mean something to them, you know? So, and I said, it isn't about the money. It's about writing the song in and having people just see something in that song that makes it uh, special for them, you know? So I said, if, if one person buys our song or somebody just likes our song, I said, as long as it doesn't have to be a quantity of people or millions of people, it's, it's just, it could be one person, it could be two persons, it's just somebody who gets it, what, you know, what we wrote. So uh, that's what it is for me, I, you know, and we write, we'll write the songs if nobody listens to us. So that's <laughs> just the way it is. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, and, and you've, I'm sure you've got your favorite songs that uh, maybe even not even a favorite song, but maybe a line in the song of something that comes on the radio and it, it reminds you of something or puts your mind at ease or reminds you of somebody or, and that one little bit made your day, changed it. That can definitely happen. There are there are songs that take me back to when I was younger. There are songs that help me sleep or relax or get me energized or fire me up for the day if, if I need that. So there are definitely songs that that will do that. Um, how can people learn more about you? So this is your chance to share like websites or the, the song that I know that you've been wanting to get out there. So here's your chance for people to find out more about you. If you want to find our website, it's www.pondhawks.com. So if you go on uh, Facebook, it's, you know, facebook.com slash the all right. Awesome. Well, those of you that haven't checked them out already, make sure you do because their music's pretty good. Very, very Beatles-esque, if you will. So yeah, make sure you do that if you haven't already and subscribe to the show so you don't miss any of our future guests. And I look forward to speaking to you all again on the next episode. Jury and Mario, thanks for coming on and I look forward to keeping in touch. Well, thank you for having us, Michael. Yes, thank Appreciate you. it. Thank you.